What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another edition of the Oppo on 3 podcast here with three of your favorite San Diego locals to talk some Padre shop. It is opening week, so uh, we're, we're excited to say the least. Andy Bishop here with you, along with Lacey Yonke and Brian Vilvin. Brian, this is uh, a week we've certainly anticipated. Where, uh, where are your uh, thoughts and emotions at right now? I'm fired up. Um, I mean, it's not hard to look back only a year ago. And at this time we didn't have baseball. We didn't know if we'd have any part of the 2020 season. Uh, and then as we had that 60 game season going into the off season, the prospect of the season actually starting on time and getting a full 162 games in seemed very bleak, uh, and unlikely. So the fact that we are here, it is still March, and on Thursday, the calendar rolls over to April, and we're going to have some Major League Baseball, every single team opening up on the same day. Uh, that's really cool. Super excited. I uh, just, you know, it's we can't take it for granted anymore, so it feels a little more special than most opening days. And then the fact that the Padres are the most stacked they've ever been, uh, that really adds to it. So, yeah, tons of emotions, all good ones can't wait to get this thing going on Thursday and uh and roll through the next six months with some Padres baseball just about every day yeah my man I'm trying to save up my energy for later in the week trying not to get ahead of myself <laughs> Lacey Yonke rocking the slam Diego t-shirt how are you doing this week I know you've been like traveling all over the place ready ready for opening day huh I'm pretty fired up about it as well I uh, went to Spring training last weekend, the third weekend is always my favorite weekend because at that point, more of the starters are getting, you know, getting work in later in games. And so I was able to see the Padres versus Angels last week um, at Peoria, which was a great experience. And then I get to go to um, opening day two days from now. So I'm fired up. Can't believe that there's going to be fans um, back in Petco Park, which is an element that, you know, I think, like Brian said, we can't really take for granted anymore. And heading into, you know, one of the most highly anticipated season seasons in San Diego Padres, you know, franchise history. It's going to be really exciting. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, so this episode, we're going to try to put on our managerial hats and look at things from Jace Tingler's perspective uh, in a, a variety of topics. Uh, I also have a, a side story about getting a Jace Tingler jersey. I'll get to that here in, in a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go back to you, Lacey, though. What, um, tell us a little bit more about your spring training experience this year. How was it different? And is there anything that you picked up uh, while there watching uh, a Padres game? Absolutely. Um, I, as I mentioned a little bit previously before, I've been to going to spring training games since I was 
four years old. Well, I was going to spring training games before I was born, but earliest memories when back being a little kid, you know, screaming at the fences for to, to get a ball from players was sort of my earliest memories from baseball. But this year was a little different. Um, didn't end up going last year, obviously, but this year the vibe felt completely way more intimate than ever before. Um, you're pretty much basically on top of the players um, and especially with, you know, limited capacity of fans. There was pretty much, you know, you could hear every single, you know, crack of the bat. You could hear players in the dugout. You could hear, you know, Mike Trout out there in center field calling, I got it, I got it um, in center field. So that element of being at spring training this year compared to years before, it's felt, it's always felt intimate, but this year it felt a little bit more so just because of the lack of fans. And obviously, you know, there were security people and ushers trying to, you know, make sure everyone stayed in their assigned seats. But my family was a little more um, relaxed with that and kind of chose to sit where we wanted and um, got to sit, you know, along first base and, and third base and see Tatis and, and Hosmer and most of the guys that got, you know, starting innings um, during that Angels Padres game. And one of the biggest things that I, that I noticed was there was just so many Padres fans. Um, I went to a, the next game I went to was the White Sox Giants game um, the following day. And there were Padres fans, you know, at that stadium as well. So it seems as though people are just fired up for baseball in general, but people seem to be even more fired up for, for Padres baseball. And um, at that, like, I, as I said, at the Padres angels game, um, there was pretty much, I want to say, I want to say 95% Padres fans. And when, Fernando Tatis got up to, to the bat. There was zero noise. Everyone was completely silent, just waiting for, to see what Fernando Tatis was going to do at the plate. And um, his first couple of bats, he got some pop outs, but his last at bat um, in the fifth inning, he smoked a triple um, down the right field line. So that was pretty cool to see. And yeah, it seems as though the pod, the Padres, you know, themselves are really fired up. Team chemistry seems at an all time high and, yeah, going into opening day, they must just be so fired up to get fans back in Petco. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Uh, the only spring training story I have uh, is when seven dudes, we drove from Southern California to Arizona in a Winnebago, and we all slept in there. Uh, that was about 10 years ago. That, that's a story <laughs> for another time. Or just never on this podcast. <laughs> That's what I think of when I think of spring training. One of the one of the cool things that uh, Lacey mentioned was just how many Padre fans there were and how excited everybody is. Um, I got a taste of that uh, just yesterday. I went through a Starbucks drive-through and I had a Padre hat on, and the barista was like, "Go Pods!" You know, so excited about this season, and like started talking shop on the Padres. And that's the kind of thing that uh, that happens that a, a team, a positive team can do to the community, like bring people together, gives you a common thing to root for. Um, you know, we all had that growing up with the Padres. Uh, and obviously when our football team was here, uh, we had that as well. A lot of opportunities to to have a community come together over a collective thing that you're all pulling for. Um, so the season hasn't even started and there's already that buzz around the city, around the pods and you see Brown everywhere. Like it's not just out at spring training. It's all around the city. You're seeing Padre jerseys, Padre hats, shirts, everything. The Slam Diego shirt that Lacey's got. Like 
it's just, it's so cool. Uh, everybody's rallying around this team and just a, a cool time to be in San Diego. Yeah, man. Uh, okay, folks, it's just about time to dig into uh, the Padres roster and what we're expecting here in opening week. Uh, some impending uh, decisions for Jace Tingler. You know, we, we pretty much know what's going to happen, although it may not be official yet. But there is an origin story to this episode, uh, and it revolves around our man Jace Tingler, manager of the San Diego Padres. Uh, I don't know if you're ready for this, Brian, but we're going to have to dig into the archives. <laughs> I'm scared. So Brian and I started to uh, dig into the podcast realm some uh, over a year and a half ago. It was in July of 2019, just right in the midst of a wonderful Padres 2019 season, a 70 win season. And of course, they fire Andy Green that year. Uh, and they finish the season uh, without a, an actual manager. And then they, they decide uh, to hire Jace Tingler is right before they unveiled um, the brown and, and yellow jerseys. I don't know if I'm sure you remember this, Brian, but we were doing it. We were doing a podcast. We were talking Padre shop. Uh, th so this was before Jace Tingler was hired as manager. And, you know, there was this big discussion around who the, the Padres would hire. And this Jace Tingler name surfaces, right? Like nobody, nobody in their right mind you know, as a Padres fan, I had really heard of this guy, unless you're just a total baseball nerd. So Brian and I are talking and, and we're discussing who, um, what Jersey we would buy in the new colors, the Brown and yellow. Brian, of course, says Fernando Tatis Jr. Like, like any smart person. Uh, and one of our other buddies says Chris Paddock. Uh, you know, that was, we were kind of high on Paddock at that time, his rookie season. And we had started talking about this Jace Tingler guy. And I said, you know what? If the, the, if the Padres hire this Jace Tingler guy, that is the first freaking brown and yellow jersey I will buy. Of course, we had never heard of him. A.J. Preller's man. They hired Jace Tingler. So essentially, I, I had to be a man of my word and, and go through with this. I didn't purchase a jersey last year. I got one this off season without a name or number. So it was still open to debate. I could get a, a Snell or a Darvish or a Tatis. Um, and finally this last week, I, uh, I, I made the decision and got the uh, Jace Tingler Jersey customized. I love it. Well, that was something Thomas and I, we held you to that for uh, a good handful of months at least. So if you had gotten a different Jersey, we, we probably would have both been coming for your head. So uh, <laughs> I'm glad that you stuck with the, uh, the, the tingle. And at the time we didn't even know exactly what number it would be. I think we thought it would be 32, but we weren't uh, positive. So uh, there's been a lot of debate and I, uh, I'm very proud of you, Andy, for coming through on this and uh, what, what's been, what was the process like getting a personalized Jersey and were there any issues? Because like sometimes you can't get a personalized Jersey of a player that's currently on the roster. Is that thrown out the window when you do it actually at the team store? Like what was the process like? It's pretty easy. You go to the team store yeah. and they have this little kiosk and you literally just enter any name, any number, you know, it could be your own last name or, or whatever. So I, you know, it was kind of one of those weird moments where, I'm at this kiosk and there's somebody behind me and you can very visibly see that I'm putting in Tingler 32 as my customized Jersey. And I'm sure they're just like, who is this guy? I mean, who on planet earth gets a, a Jace Tingler customized Jersey? 
So I paid the $53.88 to get this jersey customized. It normally takes a couple of days. So I, I put in my order and they're like, um, we'll, we'll call you or text you in two or three days when it's done. I don't get a, a call or a text for a week. So I'm wondering like, what the heck is going on? So finally, I just, I decided to go down there at, at a free afternoon. So I'm just like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to talk to these people, make sure that I have the Jersey. So I get down. Well, of course they had given me a receipt, um, when I first put in the order and, and I lost the receipt. So I didn't have any, <laughs> any no proof of I purchase. had no validity of purchase <laughs> I, and I get to the place and I'm like, lady, I'm the only person in the world that wants a Jace Tingler customized Jersey. It's 32. It's Tingler. Just freaking give it to me. Uh, I mean, I was a little, I was a little nicer than that, but, uh, finally, finally it surfaced through, through a little bit of drama. And, uh, I was like, you got to take a picture of me with this. Cause this has been, you know, 18 months, um, in process since October of 2019, when I said this would happen. And, uh, finally I came away with it. So I don't know. I'm excited to rock it at a Padres uh, game. Might, might get a, a little love from the Friar faithful. Yeah. That's one you don't really expect to see. And, uh, I, I can't imagine anybody seeing that and not loving it. So the picture was great. You sent to us the other day. I was, uh, I was very fired up, you know, and now I think I'm just gonna, I'm kind of sold out to the ownership or the front office. So I think, uh, next Jersey, I'm going with the road Brown. I, I'll go with Seidler and then, uh, save it, saving the, the home pinstripes for our unicorn GM Preller. So that's, that's the, the trifecta. I, I think I may go with instead of, you know, Fernando Machado, uh, Snell, something like that. I'm, I'm going all ownership. I, like I think I, I think I'd go for AJ Preller any day. I, I actually met him at spring training. Um, he was wearing his little white floppy bucket hat, um, sitting right behind home plate, keeping score of the game, the entire game. So I, after the game, I walked up to him and introduced myself. And after talking with him for whatever it was, three minutes, I would hands down go in for a Preller jersey. That's pretty awesome. Now, would you get, uh, instead of the number, would you get a big AJ, like number size? <laughs> Since he doesn't have a, a, a number on the team, I don't know. You're right. That, that, that might be something to consider. Who knows? <laughs> That's awesome though. Andy, how'd you pick, uh, what type of Jersey to get the, uh, the road pinstripe? What made you go with that one? Well, it's a little bit of a selfish story. Uh, I, <laughs> I bought the, the road pinstripe Jersey for my cousin. It was his birthday at the time. This was like a, a year ago and I was going to let him customize it. And of course somebody else had gotten him the same exact Jersey with Tatis uh, 23 on the back. So he's like, yeah, sorry. Somebody already got that for me. Don't worry about it. So it's been hanging in my closet for like a year and I'm like, all right, well it's Jay Stingler time. So I, I bought awesome. it. I paid 115 bucks for it. So I'm going to, going to just enjoy it myself. Yeah. Well, at least you tried to give it to him. I was expecting you to say like, I bought this Jersey for my cousin and it was so awesome. So I just kept it and I got him a t-shirt. Like <laughs> That's where I thought you were going. You're not, you're not such a bad guy, Andy. Hey, I'm trying. All right, my friends. Uh, it's, it's opening week. Padres, Diamondbacks, April 1st, this Thursday. Uh, how are you guys feeling about, about the roster? I know, you know, a, a couple weeks ago when we talked, we maybe 
anticipated that there could be a, a few harder decisions for Tingler to make with the opening day roster. We've had a couple of injuries in the bullpen and, and other places. Lacey, how, how are you feeling this week going into a series against the D-backs? I think I'm feeling very confident. I think the couple of the injuries that we've kind of talked about here, we got Trent Grisham. He's on the injured list and same with Austin Nola. I think that those two injuries kind of made it a bit more easier for, for, for Tingler because it allowed for Luis Camposano and, and some of the other, you know, rookies that were trying to get roster spots Jorge Mateo, Tucapino Macano. Um, so it allowed for some of those spots to open up, but I think, you know, whether or not those guys see any, any time games during this opening series, the starting lineup that we've got going on, especially against Madison Bumgarner in that, in that first game um, is going to be really strong. I know that some of those guys, it's been what, how many years is Madison Bumgarner in a row opened up on opening day in Petco park. So, um, you know, I think that Tatis, you know, hits very well against Bumgarner. I think so does Manny Machado. So having those two guys in the lineup anytime is wonderful, but the fact that, you know, we are opening up against um, Mad Bum in, in San Diego is going to be super awesome. And I think if you, if you look at this lineup, I mean, even just looking at some of the, some of the reserves, some of the guys on the bench, we got Jorge Mateo, Tukapita Marcano, Hassan Kim, who didn't really have a great spring, um, but we're still kind of holding out for him. Those bench players are, are phenomenal, I, I think. And having those those guys come in behind those position players and some of those, you know, guys that are, you know, locked in for the lineup. I think, you know, heading into this series, they might not get that much that much playing time. But, um, you know, we've got 24 games in 25 days. So those guys are definitely going to be useful heading into the 100, 162 game marathon pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, Lacey, you mentioned uh, the injury to Trent Grisham, obviously not long-term, maybe a week or so. So that that slots in Profar and, and Tommy Pham and center and left, some combination. Brian, who do you who do you like playing center out there without Grisham? I mean, it looks like it's probably going to be Pham. Uh, I, I think Profar slots in there nicely too, but I just think the, the biggest piece of that, like both of those guys can play either left or center. Um, but the fact that we were able to re-sign Profar, you see how huge that is now. Like when it first happened, it was like, oh, are we going to be able to get him enough at bats? Um, but, you know, you're looking at the course of 162 games, you're going to have injuries here and there. And obviously we never want to see Trent Grisham go down, but to be able to slot in Jerickson Profar in his place or move Profar to left and Tommy Pham into center, like just having those options is, it's a luxury we've never had before. Um, and, you know, there's options. I think the biggest, like, like Lacey said, the, the structure of the roster wasn't that difficult because of the injuries. And, you know, maybe the one piece that we thought might've been on the roster a few weeks ago would have been Brian O'Grady, um, but he'll be up at some point during this year. Um, I don't think there's much of a question about that, but uh, the thing now is how's, how's Tingler going to piece together the lineup? Like what's the, the one through eight going to look like each day? Are they going to mix it up? Cause there's not necessarily like the leadoff guy that you're going to see every day. Is it Trent Grisham when he comes back? Is it Tommy Pham right now uh, in his stead? Does Tatis lead off? Like there are just so many options where he can go one through eight. 
Uh, and I think that's kind of the big question marks. Just what is the, is there a steady lineup in these first couple of weeks or a few series without Grisham? Are we going to see the same one through eight every single day? Or are they going to mix it up? You know, is Cronenworth going to come up and bat second one day and bat seventh another day? Uh, what do they do? Where does Will Myers slot in? Like, I don't know. Those are kind of the questions now, not who's going to start. How many days does Profar get in the lineup? How many days is Kim in the lineup? Like, our, our starting eight is pretty well set. And when Darvish is pitching, it's going to be Caratini. And then, you know, you can mix in the two catchers right now before Nola comes back. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, it seems like that'll kind of be the question mark, what the batting order is each day. And yeah. kind, of going off, kind of going off that, how do you guys, how do you guys feel about Tatis leading off? Because that's a question that I kind of stumble over sometimes is, I don't necessarily know if that's, you know, the best, the best spot for him to be in because he's so useful down in like the, even, you know, either in the third spot or the fourth spot. Um, I just think it's sometimes a bit of a waste because he just finds a way to get on base so often. Um, but I've even listening to some of the other like press conferences with, with Tingler, it seems as though that's going to be a, a question that he's sort of going through in his mind is whether or not to have Tatis in that leadoff spot. Yeah, that's a good point, Lacey. I personally prefer in more of like the two spot. I, I like Grisham leading off, you know, when he's healthy and in the lineup, uh, just because, you know, he can obviously get on base, but he's such a run producer as well at the plate. So um, th that's kind of my preference with Tatis in, in the two spot. Yeah, just, I don't know. He, he's so disruptive when he's leading off. Like if he gets on base that, throws everything off for the inning for the pitcher and he gets out there he's dancing around he's a threat to steal um with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know. He just, he can wreak so much havoc on the base paths, and he gets on base so often that I think there is a case to be made for him leading off because it just gets the game going in the right direction. And all of a sudden you look up and each first inning, the pods have put up, you know, a run, two runs, three runs. And with our pitching staff and the bullpen, the way it's constructed, like that's going to be, that could be enough to win a game. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good problem to have though. Right. Right. A guy who's just so good. You don't know where to put him. Exactly. He's, he literally creates so much momentum for the team. So having him start off on leadoff might be, might not be the worst thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's really a wrong answer there. Um, but yeah. going back to, to what you were talking about, kind of the potential consistency of the lineup, that's something we saw Tingler 
change a lot last year. I mean, of course, it was a very short season, but you'd see Grisham leading off one week. And then the next spot, the next week, you know, if he hadn't been hitting as good, he'd be in the eight or nine spots. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that as well. Um, but ag- again, going to the depth and the flexibility of this roster, Lacey, you said a couple of our reserves with Kim Marcano. Um, it's like these guys can play all over the field, um, especially the, the two young guys, um, Mateo and Marcano. So I'm excited to see that. And even, you know, when you have Austin Nola come back as the catcher, he can play first yeah. base. So if you've got a lefty, starter that you would rather plug Nola into the lineup against as opposed to Hosmer, you know, you can put him there and you've got Caratini catching or whatever. So um, yeah, something like we've never seen before. All right, my friends, Andy Bishop, Lacey Yonke, Brian Vilvin here with the Oppo on 3.0 podcast. Lacey, sounds like you've got some, uh, some plans to attend opening day. What, what's the plan? So the plan is to head down to San Diego and probably tailgate with my mom and dad. We'll see what ends up happening with the parking situation down there. Um, But probably going to head into the game. And from what I hear, it seems as though the process for getting into the game and going, you know, going to a regular baseball game is no longer going to be a thing, at least for the start of the season. They've got pretty much, my parents went to a sort of like a, uh, season ticket holder training day the other day at Petco where they had all the all the play all the people who have season tickets come into Petco and sort of do like a run through of how the game was going to be so they had like the you know the concession stands up on their phones and they've got an app that you can order all your food and the people are going to deliver your food to you and your beer and your you know anything that you order at the Padre store Um, So there's not going to really be like a ton of human contact. So my parents who are a bit older, I think they were, they appreciated getting a little bit of practice um, before getting that, that opening day game. Um, But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I'm really excited just to see what Petco looks like um, even with whatever it is, 20, 20% capacity. I think, Um, I think there's going to be so much energy, even just with the limited amount of, amount of fans that, you know, I'm going to be just fired up to just be in there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty interesting. We'll see how, we'll see how everything works out with the COVID protocols. Yeah. Now the pressure will just be to uh, make the, the 10,000 people inside the stadium sound like 40. So <laughs> yeah. you, you gotta, you gotta scream for four people, each of you. So no <laughs> pressure think, or anything. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, I think people can do that. I think Padre fans are, are more than happy to, to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, sure. very jealous, but very excited as well. Very excited. Yep. Yeah. I mean, have you guys, I mean, Lacey, obviously you're going, you've got tickets. Have you guys looked at like, you know, the p- possibility of, of going to opening day or, or purchasing tickets for other games and what that process might be. Uh, I, I was thinking about getting c- season tickets or like a half season package with, uh, with some friends, but, and then, up not doing so so i'm kind of interested to like see what uh how it'll be trying to you know go to single games anything like that yeah, yeah I, I know the uh oh sorry go for it lazy I, I just haven't really looked um as much just considering that my my dad's got season tickets but it seems as though there's been been kind of a struggle to get 
um, those season single season ticket games. Um, it seems like that seems to be something that Padre fans are kind of frustrated about, um, especially heading into, you know, a, a season where all we want to do is go to games. Um, so obviously with a better team and so much, you know, anticipation heading into the season, it's going to be harder to get tickets anyway, um, no matter what team you're rooting for. But um, I think everyone's going to try and get into Peco this year or want to get into Peco this year for at least a few games. Yeah, I definitely plan on uh, on making it happen at some point. And I know there have been people who have been posting like, okay, hey, I'm going to have some extra tickets. So reach out, you know, through Twitter or, you know, other social media means uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, I want to sell it to Padre fans, stuff like that, which is cool. And people willing to sell tickets at face value because I know the secondary ticket market is extreme right now. Um, but I think that'll also kind of be dictated by what type of capacity numbers they can have throughout the course of the season. Like, does it get up to 50% at some point? And then by the end of the year, are we at full capacity? Because if that's the case, I mean, it's still tough to get tickets, um, but, you know, a little bit easier than when it's 20% capacity and you've only got, you know, eight to 10,000 tickets available and all those are going to season ticket holders. So uh, I'm excited to see how, how it all plays out over the course of the summer and hope people are able to continue to get vaccinated. The numbers keep going down and the capacity goes up. So seems right. like there's an inverse relationship there. If the numbers <laughs> go down, capacity goes up. So we just got to keep, uh, keep going in the right direction against this pandemic. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I realize it's so uh, I'm, I'm the crazy person on this podcast. The, the Padres play the Texas Rangers in the second week of the season. I've got some family in Dallas and tickets are super cheap to go <laughs> to Rangers games. And I was so tempted to to make my way out to the Lone Star State to, to watch the Padres. But I ended I ended up not doing so. I'm, I'm just like an opt-out guy, as, as you can see on this podcast. You do realize there's still uh, over a week have to make that decision, right? You, there's still hope yet, Andy. Yeah, I'll just call in sick to work and uh, make my way out to Texas and take on the boomstick. I don't know if you've heard of the boomstick, Lacey. It's like a two-foot-long hot dog. Uh, last time mm -hmm. I, I was in uh, Texas and went to a Padres game in 2015, and I took it on and I conquered yes. it. Wow, that's tough. That's two foot long. Oh my gosh. Andy also doubles as a competitive eater. Rob Bish is his competitive eating name. And I'm not even joking. That's a, that's a real thing. He is, he's, he's something special. <laughs> past life, past life for sure. But when I was eating this boomstick, $26, of course, still feeling it to this day. Uh, it was like a, it was in July in Arlington, like 90 degrees this hot dog has like chili and nacho cheese and jalapenos on it. So I was just drowning in sweat watching this Padres game. It was actually a really fun game. The Padres ended up winning in like the ninth inning, but uh, anyways, we digress. Okay, folks, we're rolling along here with the Oppo on three Oh podcast, Andy Bishop, Lacey Yonke, Brian Vilvin. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's dig into the uh, pitching staff here with the pods as we end this thing. Uh, Brian, we've got this starting rotation. We added a couple big pieces this offseason. Of course, we aren't going to see Lamette to start the season, but uh, where's your confidence level as we head into the season with this group? My confidence level is sky high with this starting rotation. Uh, it's the deepest and best that we've ever had, even with the injuries that we're dealing with uh, in the rotation. One thing about spring training, um, 
a lot of times with some of the starting pitchers that already know that they have their their job sealed they're going into their spring training starts just to work on a specific thing like they're just going to throw only fastballs or only work on their changeup or you know work on throwing stri- whatever they they have some plan and we don't always know what that plan is going in so it's hard to judge them based on spring numbers alone like you look at paddock and you know he got roughed up a lot including yesterday which also skewed his numbers a little bit overall for the spring but we also don't know exactly what he was working on. There's a chance that he comes in and just turns it on and becomes the best, you know, four or five starter in the league if he regains the form from uh, his first year. So I think, you know, he's kind of a question mark, but he's also got stuff that we know can play. It just kind of depends on which version of Chris Paddock we see once the season comes around. But those top two guys with, uh, with Lamette being down. So we got Darvish and Snell going game one and game two against the Diamondbacks. Like I can't remember anything that good at the top of a rotation for the pods. I think back to like, you know, the Jake PV uh, and then Chris young, maybe being the next guy there, but to have Darvish and Snell, both guys who are Cy Young capable, Snell already won one. Uh, that's, that's pretty impressive. And then, you know, we've got Lamette waiting in the wings. Once he's able to come back and be healthy, uh, he's going to be a stud. We've also got a handful of guys like Ryan Weathers making the staff. Uh, um, Mackenzie Gore didn't have the showing in the spring, so he gets, you know, kind of left out in the dark, which is okay because he can go down to the minors where he's going to have a chance to continue to work on his thing. And then Adrian Morahone. Like right now he's slotting in as five and I can't imagine a better fifth starter and a guy who can play in the bullpen and in the rotation. Like it's just, it's the deepest starting pitching rotation we've ever had, even with those injuries. So yeah, I love it, man. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff for sure. Uh, Lacey, let's, let's uh, dig into the, the bullpen a little bit more. How do you, or I guess I should ask you, like Brian kind of touched on it, but how do you feel about kind of the, the back end of that starting rotation with Musgrove, Paddock, uh, and Morahone, and then Weathers, who we still don't really know his role, but it could be, you know, a long reliever could potentially be a starter as well at some point. Right. Uh, that, that element's going to be very interesting to see how, how Weathers fits into this, into this rotation. I think, honestly, my, something that I'm most excited for, for this rotation is Joe Musgrove. I mean, the other day he pitched five scoreless innings. He had two hits. Um, I think that's really, really cool to see. I love when, when pitchers get base knocks Um, and he had a double, um, which was awesome to see. I love the fact that um, Morahone looked so sharp this spring. Um, As Brian said, I think he's an awesome um, option for that fifth, for that fifth starting role. But in terms of the, the backhand of the bullpen, I think that the different options with Mark Melanson, Keone Kella, um, Emilio Pagan, and Drew Pomeranz kind of vying for that for that closing spot um, is pretty interesting. I, I'm writing a story right now, a, a Padres 2021 season preview, and I was looking up the stats of those guys, and combined, they have 250 saves combined among those four guys. Um, so I think any one of those, any one of those guys could be great options for the, for the closer. Um, obviously I think, I think 
if it were me, if I were G Jace Tingler, I might go with Emilio Pagan. Um, I think he had what somewhere around 2019, 20 saves in 2019. And last year, I think he pitched in that, in that NL wildcard series too. So um, I think I might go with him, but Keone Kella seems to be like another great option. Um, he's his strikeout rates this spring were, were off the charts. So um, he could also be an option, but I think honestly, the, the, the biggest part about that closing role is the music that, you know, some, one of those guys are going to have to pick. I mean, the, the option for the closing role, I mean, we've got, you know, Hoffman, um, Bell, some of those close, some of those closers that pick those walkout songs in the ninth, that's like a San Diego tradition. So I'm, I want to see who gets the closing role, you know, maybe not this early in the season, but a little bit later and see what kind of, what kind of walkout music they got going on because, I think that's going to be something that really fires up Petco Park. Yeah, that's a good point, Lacey. I mean, you love to have a closer that has uh, some type of personality and that gives your team a, a bit of an identity. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Lacey. Like, Pagan would be my front runner uh, to, you know, be in that role consistently. Um, but, you know, you do have options. Uh, I don't know, Brian, is there any, any other person that you might be leaning towards? in that role? I don't know. It, like, it's interesting because in the past, one of the things that you would think about for the Padres is they have a set seventh, eighth and ninth inning guys. Um, and occasionally from like year to year that would change, but for the most part throughout the course of a year, you would know who's coming in in the seventh, eighth and ninth in a close game where you're leading. Um, right now, I think that that's kind of thrown out the window because all those guys that you mentioned, I think any of them could come in in the fifth or sixth inning, or they could come in in the eighth inning or the ninth. Um, Drew Pomerantz is someone we saw last year who they were putting all over the place. He had a couple of save opportunities, but for the most part, he would come in uh, in a situation anytime you needed uh, to get out of a jam or to strike some guys out, they'd bring in Pomerantz, whether it was against righties or lefties. Um, kind of like how Andrew Miller was used a couple of years back in the playoffs. I believe it was with Cleveland, um, but just having that type of versatility and so many guys who can come in in tough situations like that, I think we'll see a lot more mixing it up than we're used to as Padre fans. Uh, but that is a testament to how many good pitchers we have back there. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, even guys who are injured right now who could find themselves in high leverage spots, um, like an Adams, uh, Alta Villa, like, you know, there's just, there's a ton of guys. I wouldn't see them in closing roles, but uh, I do think it'll be Pagan to start with. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Pomerantz get some opportunities as well, though. I, uh, I am excited, man. <laughs> the bullpen last year, we thought the bullpen was going to be the, uh, the best part about the team. And it ended up coming around by the end of the year and being really solid but there was some struggles at the beginning of the year i mean it was only a 60 game season but the uh the first couple of weeks and pagan struggled a little bit and we were kind of wondering uh, what the bull if the bullpen was actually an achilles heel of the team and it came on really strong so i'm i'm looking forward to the bullpen getting off to a, a quick start this year and if you look at the schedule the first 14 games like the pods should be 10 and 4 after the first 14 games if they're not then you know, something went terribly wrong because they've got, uh, they've got Arizona, they've got the giants, they've got the Rangers. And I think the pirates in their first four series before they take on the Dodgers. So, 
Um, I mean, this is an opportunity to get off to a really, really good start and to face those teams, having our lockdown bullpen in the back, those guys can get some innings against, you know, a little lesser competition and really start solidifying what this bullpen is going to be made of. I'm looking forward to the pods getting off to a really hot start. That's a good point, Brian. Uh, yeah, good to have options. We've been talking about it all podcast long or all episode long, I should say. You know, Melanson has that veteran experience. If he, if you need him as a closer, Kella was dynamite two years ago uh, before being uh, injured last year. Uh, and I'm really excited to see Ryan Weathers. It was so cool to see him last year in the playoffs as a 20-year-old just come in and go right into the heart of the, the Dodgers lineup, strike out Cody Bellinger. Uh, so I'm excited to see, you know, kind of how his role uh, evolves this year. And ultimately, you know, I think we'd love to see him as a starter, but, you know, he can maybe be that glue, you know, if, if Joe Musgrove has a bad start, you know, he can kind of come in and give you a three or four innings through the, the middle of the game and uh, help your team out there. All right, friends, it is, uh, it's opening week. It's opening day here in a couple of days. Do you have any last words, any predictions, any feelings towards the season, the Padres I saw were the over under on wins was 94.5 for the 2021 season. I I'm just going to take the over, obviously I won't take, I won't make any other bold predictions because they'll probably be wrong or I don't know. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to go total Homer style here, but I'm going over on, on their wins this year. It's going to be a fun season. Lacey, uh, any other thoughts? Gonna agree on the on the over on that um, for sure, um, and you know trying to maybe trying to see you know which guy which which guy on the uh, left side of the infield Machado or Tatis can can get our our MVP votes this year. I might I might lean towards Tatis there, but you know Manny Machado seems like he's going to be phenomenal this year as well. Um, and yeah, I'm honestly just really looking forward to being an opening day and. And seeing maybe maybe a slam Diego in the in this first in this first series. I got the shirt on, so maybe maybe we'll see something something brewing um, in this first series at home, which would be which would be phenomenal. But um, yeah, just super excited for for the start of the season. Yeah, more pressure than ever on any Padres <laughs> player that comes up to bat with the bases loaded. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we got opening day here on Thursday this week. Brian and I just plan to be extremely productive in the office. That is for sure. <laughs> Big plans for us, Brian. Well, I, I do have a uh, one bold prediction for this year. Ooh. Uh, it's not, you know, super bold, but I guess in the history of our franchise, it would be a bold thing to say, but I think the Padres are going to win a hundred games this year. Um, mm -hmm. The Padres have more 100 lost seasons than any franchise in Major League history, and the Padres have zero 100-win seasons. So I think this is the year that we flip the script on that. The Padres <laughs> win 100 games for the first time in franchise history and uh, buck the trend of being the only thing we're known for with 100 on it is losses. So this is, uh, this is the team that breaks that trend, and then we keep it going for a handful of years. But... You can't do it more than once without doing it once to start. So this is the year 2021 hundred wins for the Padres on the number. Love I love that. Love that. I'll double down. I'll double down with you, Brian. <laughs> Boom. There it is. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> for, for all be your cheerleader. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for the conversation. <laughs> As always, Andy Bishop, Brian Vilvin and Lacey Yonke. We've been waiting for this week for a long time. It's finally here. Thank you to the Padres ownership 
AJ Preller and our man, Jay Stingler for putting it all together and giving us something to watch. This is the Oppo on 3.0 podcast. We'll catch you next week for another one. Take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.